Umket Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the autumn of 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts struggled in their mission to defend the free world from Nazi villainy. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Pertinence Predicament. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she had just returned to base with the wounded Thomas Galen, who was in dire need of medical attention. Where's Iris? She's a nurse. We need her. Help! Iris, alas, had just left with Benedict and was unreachable by even the most modern methods of communication. Frank hopped on the horn and quickly called everyone he could in search of a medic. Hello? Hello? English, do you speak what I'm speaking? We need a doctor. Unfortunately for Frank, they were in the Mexican jungle, and the small neighboring villages were less than equipped to handle a medical emergency, or speak in a language he had mastery of. Some would say I ain't even a master of the one I've got mastered, but to them, I'd say stuff it. In anger and frustration, Frank slammed down the phone. Popping the buttons on his suddenly too tight collar to give himself breathing room, he stood up from his desk and snubbed out his ever-present cigar. In the main hangar, the situation was growing dim. Frank, hurry it up! Tommy's dying here! Frank wiped the sweat from his brow with an unsteady hand, past memories flooding back to haunt him. Frank had served his country admirably and with honor in the Great War, and we thank him for his service. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Unfortunately, war is war, and memories unpleasant still haunted him to this day. I don't know if I can do what I gotta do. Frank stood, his feet rooted to the spot, unable to compel them forward. Come on, McGuff. Buck up, soldier. You you can do this. Memories waged war on Frank, just as sure as he'd waged war in defense of America's allies. He had seen many horrible things, had buried a part of his past, but now... It came bubbling back up to the surface and left him paralyzed. Don't you die, Tommy. Don't you dare. Just then, Withersby ran by and startled Frank out of his memories. Frank has failed to obtain help. I have rudimentary medical training. Perhaps I can... No. You keep your hands off of him. This is hardly the time for... You still ain't told us where you got that tip that sent us down here to Mexico. So I don't trust you further than I can see you. You don't lay a finger on him. For all I know, you set us up. And this is all just some scheme to get us all killed or captured. You can't be trusted with our trust. I beg to differ, sir. For... You just shut that yapper you're yapping with, mister. I was in the Great War. A field combat medic, I was. Stand aside. Coming through. Frank grabbed a medic bag from the supply closet and stormed over to Tommy, shoving his way through. You never told me you were a medic. I ain't got to reveal every one of my little past lives to you, do I, Dix? Well, no, but... Look, I... I lost a lot of good men out there. A lot of good, damn fine men. 
and I told myself I wasn't ever going to be in a position to lose someone like that again. So, what are you going to do? Tommy's my pilot and my charge, and I ain't going to lose him. That's what. Y'all clear out of here and give a man that needs to work some space to work. Go on, get. Concern on their faces and worry in their hearts, Brassy Battalion left Frank to tend to Thomas. Time passed slowly, too slowly for those wounded at the thought of losing their good friend, and each sought solace in their own way. Joseph lost himself in practicing the new techniques as Meralda had taught him. Very good, Mr. Joey. Just like that. This ain't right. Oh, nonsense. I think it's come along just fine. Cornelius hid his fears under anger and insults. It pains me to say it, but, but I believe Joseph. Carnation, son, that smells horrendous. You don't need to use every spice just because it's available. Wait a minute. I don't remember doing that. Now, you're not even paying attention, boy. Daddy, I have never in my life seen you be so rude. Out, out, out of my kitchen. Huh. I would like to apologize for Daddy again. I'm so very sorry. I don't know what's gotten into him. Oh, oh, oh this tastes awful. Don't give up. You'll get the hang of it. How could you not with a teacher like me? This ain't right. You need to stop saying that, silly. No, I, I mean, Tommy. You know, he and I, we've been flying together for years. We ain't never been close to nothing. But, you know, I kind of feel like he's a kid brother to me or something. I think that's a very fine sentiment. Yeah, but I ain't never told him. And now, what if I don't get the chance? Lily tried to find comfort the way she always had, by trying to hide herself away in someone else's arms. I'm just so worried about him. I know, Miss Lily, as am I. Thomas is a good man, and there are too few of those in the world. And he is a friend. Nine, he is family. At least he is here, surrounded by those of us who care about him. I wish there was something I could do. I feel so helpless. I am sure just knowing you are nearby and thinking of him is of great comfort to him. I feel so alone. Why do I always feel so alone? I do not know, Miss Lily. I dare not even hazard a guess. Would you? Friedemann, would you hold me? I am not sure that would be appropriate, Miss Lily. A hug? I, I just need... I don't know. I, I need something. Uh, I... Yeah, yeah. A hug. A hug. Yeah. There we go. Good hug. Good hug. Good. Thank you. I... Wait a minute. About what happened. Uh, I'm... No. No, Miss Lily. Please, no. But I thought... You still had feelings, and... Oh, what a mess. Whether or not I have feelings for you, and the discussion about the past between us, 
These are things I have longed to discuss with you. I think... I think I made a mistake. Oh, that is... No, 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 this is, this is not right. It's not the time. Thomas is our family, and we must not, we, we cannot betray that trust. I know you are hurting, and I would love nothing more in this world than to comfort you, to hold you in my arms, to... No, no, Freddy, no. I am sorry, Miss Lily. I must go. But, Friedman, I... And Dixie, well, Dixie did what she was best at, outside of flying. She took charge, barked orders at the ladies LaRue, and made ready to give S-C-A-R the what for. Daisy, we're going to need several hundred feet of rope. Violet, get us at least six flashlights and extra batteries. Rose, load up those guns and ammo. Buttercup! Miss Stenberg, I am exultant, elated, ecstatic that your fire seems to have returned. Though I am sure we both lament that it was under circumstances such as these. Cork it, Archie. Frank says he still doesn't trust you, and that's good enough for me. It's not my choice to withhold information from you. You must realize. The army has a chain of command. Orders to follow. Superiors to obey. Yeah, well, that's an excuse we've heard before. Now, out of my way. I've got a raid to plan. A raid? Yeah, that's right. Robot and I found the Scar Base, and I intend to give them a sweet satchel of payback for what they did to Thomas. It was at that very moment that Frank emerged, his shirt and hands stained with Thomas's lifeblood. Well, it's over. Cripes! Frank, is he... And now, a word from our sponsor. Now just hold on a minute. Oh, uh, yes, Miss Dixie? You can't do that. Do what? Go to commercial now. But it's in the script. Yeah, but, I mean... You just can't! We must! Our sponsor has most graciously paid for the airtime. The check's been cashed. We must live up to our side of the bargain. Look, chum, everyone loves Umket, but... Tommy, I mean, after all this happened, I've gotta know. You'll have to wait. Let me see that contract. Aha! Aha! See here? They only pay for some airtime, not this airtime. Oh! Oh, yes. I see. So, we can, technically, go back to the show and then promote their fine American products a moment later. You you think? Besides, how can anyone enjoy the love and charm of Umket like this? The audience will be too worried to pay attention and might miss out on another fine deal or product. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, I know. So let's get back to the show already. Right you are. <clears throat> now, where were we? Don't make me slug you. No, no, wait, wait. I found it, I found it, I found it. <clears throat> it was at that very moment that Frank emerged, his shirt and hand stained with Thomas's lifeblood. Well, it's over. Cripes. Frank, is he... He's gonna make it. And now, a word from our sponsor. I may have your attention. I would like to speak to you today about something very important. Oh, yes, please do. No, I've changed my mind. I don't think you're properly prepared for it. Oh, but I am. I am. Really? Quite certainly. Well, do you know the best way to be prepared, chum? The scouts. Intelligence, sir. Knowledge. The only way to know what you don't already know 
is to learn some things you don't already know. Hello? I learned everything I know by acquiring knowledge. And I'm intelligent. Generally. Generally intelligent Joe is right. But how can we acquire more knowledge? Lucky for you, the important matter I'd like to speak about today is that very same issue. You mean, you can tell me, and all of our dear, smart listeners, who all would love to be so very much more intelligent, how we can gain more knowledge? Yes, indeed. I am, of course, speaking of the Encyclopedia Unketia. It's not just any boring encyclopedia. It's so much better. It's the glory of That handy-dandy series of tomes in volumes numbering 1 through 725? Yes, that handy-dandy series of tomes in volumes numbered 1 through 725. Recently, families coast to coast... Thousands of people... ...were asked to compare the new Encyclopedia Unketia with the brand they'd been using at home. And what did they find? By an overwhelming majority, by an average of 3 to 1, good American families prefer the Encyclopedia Unketia over any other 725-volume encyclopedia set they tried. The Encyclopedia Umkedia is preferred three to one by all good American families? By all good American families, yes. But don't take my word for it. Why not talk to the man who wrote it? Uh, all 725 volumes? He's a fountain of knowledge! Hello. I am the Dean. Of the Yes. And of learning. And I'm here to tell you that I wrote... All 725 volumes of the Encyclopedia Umkedia myself. And yes, when good American families made comparison tests, the Encyclopedia Umkedia won by 3 to 1. Its knowledge will make your brain feel cool and minty. And linger on and on. In families who made comparison tests, the Encyclopedia Umkedia won by 3 to 1. It'll give a bright new sparkle to your eyes. When you realize you know more than all of your friends. In families who made comparison tests, the Encyclopedia Umkedia won by three to one. Learn things like odontophobias, the fear of teeth. The most money ever paid for a cow in an auction was $1.3 million. In families who made comparison tests, the Encyclopedia Umkedia won by three to one. A radiated soy flour causes malfunctions in robots. Motorized toothbrushes are made from real robot parts. In families who made comparison tests, the Encyclopedia Umkedia won by three to one. He sure says that a lot. Because it's true. He's the Dean. Yes, I'm the Dean. And I'm here to tell you everything I say is indeed true. And I would know, for I am the Dean. You've got to listen to the Dean, he's not going to be mean, so jot down everything he says, you've got to remember it always. So for new pleasure and learning things that you never knew you really wanted to know, pick up my self-penned memoir, The Encyclopedia Unkedia. Try it today, the three-to-one favorite with good American families all over America. If you're a good American family, of course. Yes. This offer is only for good American families. Un-American families need not apply. Yeah, take a hike. And the rest of you get the Encyclopedia Umketia today. And learn everything that Umket Industries decided that you need to know.
We now rejoin our program as Volker toils away in his laboratory, deep within the SCAR pyramid. <sighs> I said... <sighs> you pathetic mush creatures and your miserable need to breathe! I'm not just breathing. I'm trying to communicate my feelings to you non-verbally. My radio transmitter is not picking up any signals. No, I mean... Oh, just forget it. You know, it's so hard to find good help these days. Tell me about it. All I have are the troops and their boots. Things were so much better back in the day with a meek and timid Vrenny at my beck and call. What was that, Volker? Well, it's true. There, I said it. You realize that was all an act on my part, don't you? Even so. You would rather live a lie where you have fake importance than work to earn it, as honestly as we Nazis can? Yes. Yes, I think I would. At least I would feel important. Uh, hello! It wouldn't be very real now, would it? But it would feel real, and oh so delightful. Why, I'd have you bringing me all manner of soups and bowls and bread bowls and put my soup in and... And we'd be as happy and gay as the day is long. I am just so very thankful we rescued him. And I am so very thankful that your new sarcasm transistor is working properly. It is my favorite new feature. You know, the other robot was nicer. Huh? 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 Enough! I am here to see what you've come up with, though I don't even know why I bother, as it's never anything even remotely useful. I'm always doing something useful. For example, I did find the beast. It took you nearly 50 tries. But still, I did find it. Oh, who's counting anyway? Do you know what is good robotic fun? Throwing the troops at the beast! And seeing if they are swallowed whole, or it gnashes them into tiny little pieces first. You know, I'm not sure I like this sadistic streak of yours. I'm not sure I like stinking hairy egg creatures. I am an elastic hydrocarbon polymer. You are a polychloroprene adhesive solvent. Whatever you say to me bounces off of me and sticks to you. So there. CHILDREN! So what have you got? Well, actually, this fine robotic piece of machinery was of great help. Of course I was. Show off. Anyways, I was studying the beast and trying to find a useful application for some of its mm, peculiarities, shall we say. Yes, yes, get on with it. I'm getting there. So anyway, Nebulon is on. Uh, uh, uh. I will feed you to the beast next. Okay. Nebulon 2000. Are you happy now? Thank you. Has this lovely metallic green sheen, as you know. Uh, yes, I can see. It's very practical, really. Provides some protection, it's lightweight, and it's truly quite fetching. I am a marvel of modern materials, sure to set new robotic fashion trends well into 1953. Well... I noticed that the beast is also green and shiny. So I did some research and... Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta! What is that? It's armor. No, it's not. Yes, it is. See for yourself. All you did was fasten two leather straps to the back of one of the beast's scales. Exactly. It's 
armor. Ta-da! This is your invention? Yeah. I'm going to regret asking this, but your point is? My point is that it's light, it provides good protection, and... Uh, yeah, that the Volker is about to get hit with sparkly blue zaps now, look, isn't it? How is this going to help us against Dixie? I don't know, if she were to attack us with some kind of weapon or something. Come on! Ta-da! Armor! <sighs> oh, no! Don't eat my armor! Ugh. Bad robot! Very bad! No soup for you! Delicious! So, now you eat beast scales? Sure! Why not? By ingesting materials, I can properly analyze them with all my considerable robotic prowess! It is my favorite new feature. I thought that was your sarcasm transistor. Oh, yes, it is. Gee, I wonder if you're being sarcastic now. Oh, I'm sure you're smart enough to figure it out. Now you've gone and hurt my feelings. Excellent! And I am happy to report that the scales do have one benefit that will assist in the destruction of Brazi Battalion. Finally, you did something. I did something. Ha <laughs> ha. Go Volker. Go Volker. Go Volker. Go Volker. Well, what is it? The scales are immune to the effects of Dixie's ray gun. Volker. Obtain as many scales from the beast as you can. I want all of the troops and Zeta Squad outfitted with this armor immediately! Goodness knows what Geist plans to do with that information. Uh, yes, we heard that already. What? I can't be happy? Meanwhile, back in the hangar, Dixie and Lily ran to see Thomas, who was just waking up. Tommy! How are you feeling? You're gonna be okay. Oh, you poor thing. Frank fixed you up. Can you believe it? Let me kiss it and make it better. Mm. <sighs> Thanks. You're oh, welcome. Dixie. What? Oh, undesirable unearthing. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. Well, this ain't gonna be good. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. If I can deal with my shell shock from the war, you can deal with Lily. The heck you say? Look how red her face is. It matches her hair. Oh, I'm done for. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Curses. I should have liked to have finally finished you off myself, Dixie Stenberg. I was speaking extemporaneously. I'm surprised you even know what that means. Oh, okay, I concede I was asking for that one. Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. Care to ask for another? It doesn't really matter what I say here, does it? Oh. Ouch! <sighs> Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. Well, I am happy to report that this episode shows me to be a man of honor and integrity. I never thought otherwise, Freudenberg. Thank you, Miss Dixie, but it is still nice to be vindicated, yeah? 
Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Joseph, I dare say that was the worst, I say worst, chili I have ever tasted. Anthony Piselli as Joey Scalzetti. That was supposed to be Pasta Primavera. Ah, uh, 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 land's sakes, I, I may never eat again. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. No, no eating. Just need Dixie. Oh, cripes. Perry Whittle as Benedict Ederchenko. What is this? I go away for one episode and my good friend Thomas nearly dies. And then lives. Due to a skill my boss had... Uh, how you say? Uh, psychotically buried. How unpredictable. Or at the very least unlikely. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. I... You... Well said. Catherine Pride as Geist. Yes! Yes! Bring unproof armor! <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. I said... <laughs> In your face, Dixie! Justin Dobby as Volker. Yeah, dog. So you better listen to what she said before we get all up in your face, girlfriend. Word. Faux shizzle. In the hizzle. My grizzle. To the pizzle. Whizzle whizzle. That's a bit too modern for you, I think. I'm ahead of the times. I set the trends. So, word to your mother. Sure you do, bub. Kristen Bays as the Umket Triplets. Give me the Encyclopedia Umketia, volume 685. Oh, yes, good idea. Here, look us up. Triplets, Umket. The sisters Sasha, Mishka, and Grishka were named after bats? Bats! Jerry Crawford as the Dean. Hello. I am the Dean, and I'm here to tell you that, yes, the Umket triplets were named after common Chiaptera. Pick up my self-penned memoir, the Encyclopedia Umketia, today. Elaine Barrett as the robot. I wish I knew what I was named after. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. Yes. It certainly couldn't have been a robot, now could it? You're mean. Ha, ha, ha. Alicia Marie Barton as Esmeralda. Don't feel bad, robot. Why, I'll bake you a cake. Cake? Cake? No! Chip Joel as Generally Intelligent Joe. Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. And now you know why he's only generally intelligent. This is Seth Adamsher. Stay tuned next time as messes get sorted. Only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a Pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Brought to you by the Encyclopedia Umketia. 
And remember, you've got to listen to the Dean. He's not going to be mean. So jot down everything he says. You've got to remember it always. Hello? I am the Dean. I wrote the entire 725 volumes of the Encyclopedium Kedia myself. And I am here to tell you, yes, that is amazing. And so am I. Stay safe, America, and good night. <sighs> Things were so much better back in the day with the meek and timid and subservient and, dare I say, sexy, ready at my beck and call. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Scher, assistant director Jim Hamilton. Umkit Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Well, it's true. I want my Vrenny back. <laughs>